All right, um, I hope you guys are enjoying the festive sort of stuff starting to show up. It's kind of exciting. Got a light wall. I don't know. That's pretty good stuff. And uh, so thank you, Rena, for heading up that and uh, those that are also helping with it. Before, I was in charge of that. That's why it was sad every Christmas. And so I am so glad that uh, we have talented people that can do things that look pretty and cool and amazing. And so thank you all who are participating that. We should be seeing some artwork coming up pretty soon on the walls, too. I know that several of you have submitted some art pieces to see, so that's exciting. So what a really cool time uh, to actually be in the youth group, since apparently they're doing everything all week. And so glad the youth group is on fire or whatever. So that's cool, cool. Let's do some uh, shout-outs. What do we do? We love God and we love others. And what do we say? I love God and I love you. So good morning, dear friends. Glad you are here. Look, I am so glad every Sunday that we could come together to worship as a body of believers, as one in Christ. I don't know if there's anything more meaningful to me than to know that I can come together with people who also love Jesus and are the same heart and and just worship together. And I know I can't do it alone because I can't play any instruments or music, and so I'm really thankful for them as well. But I'm so glad that, that we could be here together connecting to God. And so I just personally thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you for making this part of your week and prioritizing God. I know sometimes it's hard to get out to stuff regularly, and and so I'm thankful for each of you who've come to worship with us today in person, and some of our friends who are online. We love you too, and we're so glad that you joined us. Uh, So um, we're in our second week of looking at the miracles of Jesus, and this week we're going to focus on seeing The message title is Jesus' Miracles, Sight. So as promised, we're going to start each of our uh, messages in this five-week series with the same verse passage to warm us up. This verse passage comes from Matthew 15, and here's how it goes. Jesus left there, and he went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up to a mountainside, and he sat down, and great crowds came to him, bringing the lame and the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they laid him at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking. They saw the crippled made well. They saw the lame walking. They saw the blind seeing. And they praised God of Israel. So today we're going to look at Jesus restoring the sight of the blind. And each time he does, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the miracle itself. And then we're going to look at what that says about Jesus. So as we look at the miracle, what's the miracle? And then what does that say about Jesus? I always tell beginning preachers, so I get an opportunity to help uh, people learn to be pastors and to learn to preach, and I always tell beginning preachers to really be careful about using too many verses in a sermon, because sometimes if you get way too many verses, the the listeners kind of get, they kind of drown in too much text, and so I always tell them, uh, don't use too much text in your sermon, because the listeners might drown, but Today, I'm going to throw that overboard, so uh, grab your arm floaties and your swim fins because we're going to be jumping the deep end with a ton of verses today because I think that that's what God has for us. Today, we're going to get a bonus verse. We started with one verse, the warm-up verse. Here's a bonus verse. Before we even get to our miracles, a bonus verse of prophecy. Now, this comes from the book of Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is a well-known prophet, and he's writing uh, the passage we're going to look about. He's writing about Jesus, who won't even come into being for 700 years. And Isaiah is known particularly for his speaking about what the Jewish Messiah will look like, who will come and save the people of Israel. So he's often quoted as a messianic prophet. 
And so here's what he says all the way 700 years before Jesus. Isaiah 35, it records, and he's talking about the Savior. He says, uh, when that happens, when these things happen, when the Savior comes, then, then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So he tells us that the Savior will be opening the eyes of the blind, and that's particularly important for today, as well as do other miracles. But today we're going to see that portion of it fulfilled. As Jesus says, not only am I the Messiah, but I'm even more than that. I'm more than you expected. I'm God. It's one thing to say you're God, and it's a whole other thing to prove it. And we're going to see again through his miracles today that he is proving he is who he says he is. So here's our first one. Here's the miracle in Matthew chapter 9. As Jesus went out from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David! And when he had gone indoors, the blind men, they came to him. And he, and he asked them, Do you believe that, that I'm actually able to do this? Oh, yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes. And he said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. And then Jesus warns them sternly. He says, See that no one knows about this. Don't tell anybody. But they went out and they spread the news about him all over the region. That's facts. Like, that's true life, right? So, oh, you get this really cool thing, but don't tell anyone. I'll just tell one or two people and then three or four, and then I just pretty much told everybody because I was so excited about it. That is so real life. This is the first of, of many times that Jesus heals the blind people. In, in the Gospels, we have Jesus healing the blind, I think, at least six specific times, maybe six to eight, depends on if you think some are the same kind of one. And then we have a couple of statements, at least, where, where it says, Jesus healed all of the blind. And so this sort of blankets general statement of Jesus healing the blind. And so what does this show us about Jesus? So that's the miracle that he heals this blind, the couple of blind guys. And so what does this show us about Jesus? Jesus is, uses miracles to prove that he's God and that ultimately his message is true because how do you prove a message? How do you prove like the person is not lying or telling the truth, that sort of thing? And Jesus does it by his miracles. Now, this miracle gives us two proofs. The first proof is the miracle itself, that he's actually able to cause someone who has been blind to have sight. That's the first miracle. And that says, look, as God, I have the power to heal somebody. But the second miracle is he says, I have the power to fulfill prophecy. So that is a miraculous prophecy that we looked at first. It was given 700 years before, and he says, I'm fulfilling that. So as I'm healing this blind person, two miraculous things are happening. The prophecy is being fulfilled, and the guy's actual sight is being restored. And so we see here Jesus demonstrating power over physical illnesses. Last week, we saw Jesus demonstrating power over nature. If I'm God, I can tell nature what to do. And he told the wind to be quiet. He said, if I'm God, I can tell legs what to do. And he says, get up and walk. And if I'm God, I could tell eyes what to do. And he says, open and see. So Jesus works not just simply to prove it and not simply on his own, but what does he do? He says, like, do you, have, do you believe this can be done? And this is really interesting. We were talking about it a little bit last week that Jesus works in conjunction with our faith, not against it. He asked the guy, hey, hey, do you actually think this is true? And the guys were like, yeah, we're, we're, we think you can do this. And he said, okay, let's do it. And so he's working in conjunction with their faith, not, 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 not despite them. 
Now, we're going to see a very similar incident to this just a few years later. So a couple of years later, two years later, this happens. Now, it's recorded in Matthew 20, but it's also recorded in Luke 18. And so here's this next instant. Jesus is walking, and he's approaching Jericho. And a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he's like, he said, uh, oh, what's happening? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth, he's passing by. And that guy, he starts to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way, they told him, shut up. They told him, be quiet. They shouted him. Uh, they said, sh- 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 don't bother him, you know. And then, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped. He ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near him, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? The guy's like, duh, I want to see. And Jesus said, okay, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus and he was praising God. When all the people saw it, they also started to praise God. So now, if you'll notice, he said the exact same phrase as the first blind people said. They were saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. So that seems to have spread maybe in the blind community. Hey, you want to get your eyesight? Like, say this phrase if Jesus comes by, because that'll do it. And so uh, clearly, it worked. now this is the second time at least, specific recorded time, where people were shouting this out. So I don't know if ever I go blind, do you know what I'm going to be shouting every day? I'm going to be, if I can remember it, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. No, I don't know if you, my eyes go in as I'm getting a little older, you know. I may be starting to pray that prayer pretty soon, because... I got an 18-point font on my notes, you know. Pretty soon it's going to be like three words per page. I'll have a stack up here, and, you know. So I might be praying that, that prayer pretty soon. You know? So that, that's the word. If you're, if you're going to ask for a blind healing, that, that's the phrase that pays, it seems. And so uh, that, that became a thing for the blind community. But no one else shouts this out. The, the guy who can't walk, he never shouts that. Or they like, you know, the person who can't hear, they don't shout that out. Just the blind folks seem to. So, so I guess it was a thing. And then, and then Jesus heals him. And then the result is like praise to God. Not only the guy's like, oh, I'm so stoked. But then all the other people are stoked for him and they're praising God. Well, what's it show about Jesus? Well, it shows us the same thing in the first, as the first passage that he has the power over, over, over blindness. But, but I do think it's really interesting uh, that healing the blind is such a focal point for Jesus' miraculous ministry. It seems to be like the, the thing he does more often than others. Maybe demonic... Like casting out, and that sort of makes a super lot of sense spiritually, right? That he's casting out demons. But this seems to be the most, the, the most miraculous uh, sort of physical thing that he heals over and over and over. And I think in part, now this is, I think, the Bible doesn't say it this way, but, but I think in part there's something so apropos about being blind and then seeing in terms of a spiritual reality that all of us who have met Jesus have experienced. I think there's something that, that, that clicks so clearly for that kind of uh, physical reality, but, but actually mirroring a spiritual reality where we were blind and then we can see. Because we're all spiritually blind. But then the true miracle is that through Jesus, God provides sight to any who are willing. And that's the miracle, not just for one blind guy, but that's the miracle for every one of us. That each of us were blind. And that through Jesus, we can have sight. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, let's see this idea super clearly in our last passage. And I'll warn you, the last passage is long. You're like, oh, we've got so much Bible already. Bible's good. You're at church. Don't worry about it. Here's the miracle. As he went along, this is in John chapter 9. As he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned? 
this man or his parents that he was born blind? And she said, neither. This man nor his parents sinned, he said. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground and he made some mud with his saliva. And he put it on the man's eyes. Ooh, double ooh. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of Shalom. This word means sent. So the man went and he washed and he came home seeing. And then his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging, they're like, wait, isn't that the same guy who used to sit and beg? And, and some were like, yeah, yeah, that's him. They claimed that he was. But there were other people like, no, that can't be. It just looks like him because that guy, like, you could see. How then were his eyes open, they asked. And they replied, well, the man they called Jesus made some mud. He put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Salome and wash. I, I went and washed and, and then I could see. And they're like, where's this guy? I don't know. I just, well, he told me, go. I I went, and when I came back, he's gone. I don't know where he went. I don't know anything, but I can see now. I've been born, I I was born blind. I didn't just get, you know, old guy eyes. So Jesus clarifies, we saw this last week. He clarifies that sickness and trouble are not the direct result of someone sinning. The guy isn't blind for punishment because his parents did something bad. That was a common belief among the Jews. So if, some, if a lady couldn't be, get pregnant, they would say, oh, that's because you must have sinned. Or if your house fell on you, they're like, oh, that house was full of sinners probably. Or if you got a disease, it's because you sinned. We see this all the way even in the Old Testament with Job. His friends come and Job gets all these like, bad things happen to him and they're like, what'd you do, Job? Why is God punishing you? He's like, I didn't do anything. I'm righteous. And they're like, yeah, right. Just confess. you know. And, and so that was a, a, a view that the... Jews held, and it permeated all of their culture, that if something bad happened, it was, in fact, because you were sinning. And Jesus said, that isn't the case. Bad things happen not because you sin. Bad things happen, well, it does, because Adam and Eve broke the world. That's where it kind of came from. And so people who knew this guy, they, they were confused. It seems to like, they're like, yeah, I think I know him, but all of a sudden he's seeing. So there was some confusion about if it's the same guy or not, and then he He's like, it is me, I just can see, that's the difference. And it was confusion because that's not how things work. If someone's been blind for 40 years and you you could see it, like, I don't know if he was blind or maybe it had crusted over, or maybe he was missing eyes. I don't know what made it so obvious about this guy, but but they're like, yeah, this just doesn't happen. So it must be like a trick. It must be a something else. They were confused by it. And so they, they brought to the Pharisees the guy who had been blind. It's interesting that the guy just gets dragged along, like he didn't even have a choice. He's like, hey, let's go see the Pharisees. Okay. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was the Sabbath. Not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man explained, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. And others were saying, like, no, and other Pharisees, they're saying, no, how could a sinner perform that kind of sign? So even in the Pharisee group, they're divided. Then they turn again to the blind guy, and they're like, what do you have to say about him? It was your eyes that were open. And the guy's like, well, he's like a prophet, I guess. And it's really interesting, because people are going to find all sorts of reasons not to believe in Jesus, even when they see the actual miracle. So here's the guy, they saw the miracle, he's in, he could see, he couldn't see before, and the miracle is right before them, and what is the people's reaction? Half of the folks don't believe it. 
Half of the folks reject it, even in the face of a miracle. And I know people always say, well, if I saw a miracle, I'd believe in God. I doubt it. You'd come up with some excuse that why that isn't true or, or how that didn't happen or maybe it's delusional or some, some, some sort of stuff. Half of the people who see this miracle, they're like, no, that's not, that's not a miracle. And I like this because it's kind of cool because the religious leaders are divided. They're saying like, no, someone can't do miracles if they're like a sinner. God's not going to give them the power to do miracles. And they're like, no, no, he can't be doing this because, you know, we don't know him. He's not part of our Pharisee group. And some are like, hmm, maybe this could be. Now, we know historically that some of the Pharisees are actually going to become followers of Jesus eventually. Many of them don't. Many of them are going to see multiple miracles of Jesus and still reject him. We see it in the next section of the same passage. They, some of them, still did not believe that he had been blind and received his sight. So they sent for the guy's parents. Is that your son? Is he the one you say was born blind? What do you mean you say? Come on now. Don't be, how are you going to act like that, right? Well, you say he was born blind. He's been blind his whole life. How is it that he can now see? And the parents are like, well, we know he's our son, and we know he was born blind, but how he could see or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He's like old enough to ask him. He'll speak for himself. Now, his parents seem a little dodgy, but why? His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. So they don't want to be kicked out of church. They're like, oh, ask him. He's old enough. And so they kind of dodged the question. And that's why his parents asked, asked uh, he's of age, ask him. So then they summoned the guy back again who'd been blind. They said, give, give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And the guy's like, what are you talking to me about? I don't know. You're the Pharisee. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. The only thing I know is that I was blind and now I see. And they said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he's like, seriously, I, I told you already. <laughs> like, you didn't listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Oh, nice. Then they hurled insults at him. Huh? So it's not my fault. I was, blind. I was a blind guy. Why are you yelling at me? They hurl insults at him. And they said, you're this fellow's disciple. Not yet. We're disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But for this fellow, we don't know where he comes from. The guy answers, that's remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. And he's quoting the Pharisees. <laughs> he listens to godly persons who do his will. Nobody's ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this guy were not from God, he could do nothing. Reasonable. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. That old prejudice, right? How dare you lecture us that they threw him out. You called me here. You made fun of me because I told you that I saw and then you kicked me out and called me a sinner. They're holding to that concept that sin caused the blindness. A bias that the Pharisees held, and they've held up for many years. Does anyone notice a touch of defensiveness from the Pharisees? Anyone else catch that at all? A whiff of defensiveness? Look, if Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, and he's teaching something different, if I'm the religious leader, something different than I'm teaching, then I'm going to have to look in the mirror and say, I'm fully wrong on this. I'm going to have to make this massive internal switch 
I'm going to have to start to follow him. But I've been following it this way for my whole life, and I'm old. And you know how well old people adapt to things. You know how well old religious people change, right? Not that much. So uh, they're in a bit of a conflict. Now Jesus hears about it. Here's what he does. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found the guy, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Now, this is a trick phrase. I'll tell you in just a second about it. Who is he, sir? The man said, tell me that I'll, I'll believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him, pun intended. <laughs> in fact, he is the one speaking with you. So Son of Man is a phrase and a title that's found in the book of Daniel. And this blind guy would be totally familiar with it because all the Jews were. Son of Man, we think it sounds like very human, but it isn't. Son of Man is a title for the promised one, promised to Daniel, who was a prophet also, promised that God would send someone to save the world. God would come, someone, uh, send someone to become the Messiah. Son of Man is equivalent to Messiah and Savior. And so Jesus says, do you know who the, who the Savior is? And he goes, no, nah, I don't, but I'll believe if I see him. And Jesus says, you've seen him. Isn't that a cool interaction? Like, you've literally seen him. But Jesus is saying even more than that. He says, because the guy's open to it. He says, not only have you seen him now with your restored, healed, visual eyes, but he says, now you can actually see him for real spiritually because you can be healed. So cool. Look at the guy's response. He says, Lord, I believe. So he says, God, I'm healed not only just physically, I see you, but I see you. Lord, I believe. And Jesus said, he says this, for judgment I've come into the world so that the blind will see, but those who see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees are still listening in on this, and they, were, they heard him saying that, and they said, what? Are you, talk, are you talking to us? Are, we, you, are you saying that we're blind? I mean, this blind guy could see, now you're saying we that can see the Pharisee, we're blind? They're catching what he's saying a little bit. And Jesus said, no, no, no. If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty of sin. But now that you claim to see, your guilt remains. So what's this show about Jesus? Let's look at that final idea. See, Jesus isn't only healing the physical sight. He isn't only healing a single person. Jesus says that he's come to uh, he's come for judgment. Now, this got to be really careful with this phrase because when I hear that Jesus has come for judgment, I think he's going to condemn people. Judgment for me automatically becomes negative, right? But that isn't what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am coming not for judgment, but because of judgment. Sin's judgment of eternal death for all mankind was already pronounced way back at the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. That's when blindness came. That's when the judgment came, when people sinned against God and they became blind and they could no longer see God rightly and they could no longer interact with God rightly and they could no longer be in heaven. That's when the judgment came. And say, Jesus is saying, I have come because of that judgment to actually give sight to the blind. And he's not talking physically. We're talking about supernatural spiritual realities. He said, I've come to give sight to the blind. I've, be, I've come because of that judgment, actually, to take the consequences of blindness and to give sight instead. To take condemnation and reverse it, like that reverse Uno card, and give grace and freedom. To truly heal the blind spiritually, 
by giving them spiritual sight and spiritual healing. And he reminds the Pharisees that they claim to see, but they're actually blind. Because as long as they continue to claim that Jesus is not God and that he isn't the Savior, then they can't be healed. That's why they're blind. If someone doesn't recognize that they are sick, they will never seek a doctor. And that's what Jesus is telling them. I've come to reverse uno that judgment. I've come that those who are actually acknowledged they're blind can have sight. But you who keep saying that I'm not God, that I'm not the Messiah, you're in fact the ones who are spiritually blind. And the Pharisees recognize this. Just like last week, we see that Jesus' miracles point to a greater reality. Yes, he's healing a blind guy singularly, but he's demonstrating something so much more. Every one of us is blind, or we were blind. But when we come to Jesus, he heals us so that we can see the truth, so that we can see the way so that we can walk unhindered and we can look at his glory and we can enjoy a fuller life here on earth and and an eternal life as well after we die. Jesus gives sight to the blind and in, in more way than one and to more than one person, he gives sight to the blind. So I'm gonna invite the praise band up, but as they do, I wanna do something together. I want you to close your eyes super tight. So close my eyes, pretend you're blind right now. And on count three, I want you to open up. Ready? One, two, three, open them. All right, so imagine you're blind and then you can see. Let's do it again because that was like a practice round. <laughs> I saw a couple of you didn't do it in the back, Hank. So, all right, close your eyes. And then now Jesus says, you can see. Boom. Now you can see. Look how amazing would that be? That, that was that person's reality, multiple people's reality, that they were blind and they could now see. Can you imagine how the people receive, who received that gift felt? That would be amazing. But now I want you to remember when that happened to you spiritually. I want you to look inside yourself and think back when you were blind, but God gave you sight. Think back about before you knew Jesus and you were blind. And think about that moment when you came to him. And he opened your eyes and you had sight. You were blind, but now you see.